Yeah. So uh, when I mean infinite, it sounds kind of like uh, frou-frou and, you know, uh, like, oh, it's impossible. But all it really is really simple. It's basically um, so when you put X amount of dollars towards something and you get X amount of return, they kind of calculate your return on investment based on that way. But if you're buying an asset that has no money into it and it's kind of paying itself, then there really is no way to calculate your return on investment because there really wasn't much invested besides your time. So it's like sweat equity. So in a sense, that's how you calculate infinite return because there's just no way to really calculate it. I'm not doing anything, you know, <laughs> spectacular or like, you know, under the table, some kind of like, uh, not some guru telling you that, oh, you know, you can create money out of thin air, but essentially I kind of did, you know? Um, but like I said, it's just um, really everything I've learned has been through podcasts and uh, blogs and kind of meeting up with people and meeting some pretty cool people. And um, yeah, so I mean, anybody can do what I'm doing. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talee. Welcome to another episode of Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Talee, and my guest today is Nathan Milasso. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm very excited to have you here because you have an amazing story that I want you to share. So let me tell you a little bit about Nathan. He's a 24-year-old from Baton Rouge, and he has been an entrepreneur most of his life. He started a loan business with his brother and a friend in high school and eventually grew that same business to $300,000. Right? And gross income. Gross income, yeah. Not, not that impressive, but yeah, gross income at one period, yes. That, that is impressive to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he's yeah. Still, you're still running uh, this company, which is also amazing. Yeah, yeah, still doing that. Uh, it's not quite as big. We sold a portion of that uh, a couple of years ago just because it was getting to where it was a little spread out and we wanted to kind of hone in on one market. So we just kind of stepped back a little bit, sold a portion of it, and um, now we're really kind of focusing on that and i have a guy who runs that now and i'm really starting to focus more on you know multifamily real estate awesome so let me go back to here where were we so yeah so you got into real estate because you were mowing lawns all day and you got tired of listening Mm -hmm. to music and started listening to podcasts and uh, about money yeah as simple as that um I, i really just uh i mean you can only listen when you're mowing like 12 hours a day you can only listen to so many songs so uh, i started kind of browsing podcasts and um i've always been the kind of guy who's been interested in money so i just found podcasts that were uh, money related and i uh, just stumbled upon bigger pockets and that's what got me into real estate and i started kind of finding a niche in real estate and um i did wholesale and like, so i did my first wholesale deal at 19 and uh when when you're that age doing a wholesale deal my first deal was twenty thousand dollars and I absolutely blew every penny of it, <laughs> you know, like uh, any, any 19 year old kid would do when you hand them that much money. Um, so my lesson learned there was kind of, okay, well, I don't, I don't trust myself with large sums of money like that. So I stumbled upon rentals and um, with rentals, that's, it's a little uh, different, but at the same time, I think more long-term now. So uh, my first rental was actually, I lived in there as a tenant and it was pretty bad. The, uh, the landlord there, she was from New Orleans, which is about an hour away from here. 
And uh, she just did not – she wasn't the kind of landlord. She was a really sweet lady, but she just did not uh, know what she was really doing. Um, so she was letting it go and kind of let the property be really, really bad. So The Deal. How you found this, per- this property that you're going to talk about. So tell me yeah. the type of asset and the location and how you found it. Yeah, so my first rental is actually a single family home. Uh, and I was I found it because I was living there. I was a, a tenant and it was like I said, it was really run down. Um, and at that time I I didn't I was doing wholesaling and I had my lawn business, so I didn't think of owning a house at, at all, really. I didn't even think of that, you know, could uh, cross my mind until I just got tired of, you know, every time something would break, I'd fix it anyway. So I said, Well, well might as well, you know, own this thing because I'm acting like an owner anyway. So uh, that's kind of how I stumbled upon it. Okay. And uh, how did you, um, you know, decided to, to approach this lady and, and, and ask her to sell it to you? Well, uh, we had a pretty good relationship as it is because um, I was calling her all the time. Like uh, the house was a wreck. So it, it was stuff breaking all the time. We actually had, uh, it's pretty embarrassing to say, we actually had a really bad rat problem, uh, which is pretty gross. And um, so, that's actually, I kept calling her and she just, every time I talked to her, she's like, Oh man, I thought I could get rid of this thing. I, I can get rid of this thing. And for the longest time, I really was like, Oh, you know, that sucks. You know, <laughs> I wish I could help you, but I'm a tenant. And then eventually I uh, started listening to bigger pockets and I was like, Oh, well maybe I can buy this from her and I'll take this problem off her hands. Okay. So how was that conversation when you approach her? Um, it was, it was more to her, like a relief. She's like, Oh, you actually are interested in this thing. And, um, uh, and she kept saying like, are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Then even my parents were like, are you sure? Are you sure? Um, <laughs> uh, but, and my uh, wife, but she was my girlfriend at the time. And that's how, you know, she was a keeper. Cause she, I mean, she was living in that, that dump too. And, um, <laughs> so, you know, that's why I know she was a keeper, but yeah, everybody was basically telling me that I was crazy. And, um, Cause I mean, I have pictures I could, I could send you, but it was really, really rough. Um, but yeah, so the conversation went really well. It was basically her, uh, thanking me <laughs> of like, Hey, I'm, I'm taking this monkey off her hands. That's literally the word she said. You're taking this monkey off my hands. So, um, yeah, it was, it was very negotiable. Uh, I literally bought that house with $2,000 just because I was her property taxes for the year. Oh, wow. So how did, how did you price it? How did you make that offer, that first one? How did you decide on the price? Well, I got really lucky because this was, if you ever uh, read any kind of articles of real estate, you'll know that you, they, sell, they sell you to get the ugliest house in the best street. And uh, this particular street was having a lot of uh, renovation and a lot of um, new coming in. So at first, I bought the house. Uh, I knew that it was worth way more than she knew it was worth for it. I wasn't trying to take advantage of her for that, but I knew how much work needed to be done. Um, so, but I also knew that the neighborhood was coming up very, very quickly. Um, so I basically did the wholesale method, you know, is basically take the ARV and you take a percentage of that minus repairs. And that was my offer. And I'll end up getting the house for 118,000. Uh, we put about twenty thousand into it, and now it's worth probably about two fifty to two sixty now. Oh wow! So you take it for one eighteen, you put twenty, so that's one thirty eight. Correct. Yeah. How much was the rent at the time? Um, I was paying. So uh, we had a bunch of us living there, so I was only paying two hundred fifty dollars a month rent there, 
uh, just to kind of give you an idea of how broke we were. But, uh, but yeah, it, so the total rent that she was charging us was a thousand dollars. Uh, but my portion of the rent was 250. Um, we were going to rent it out. We actually ended up moving into there because I got married. Uh, so we still live there now. We probably won't rent it again just because the area is going up so much. We'll probably just sell it. Um, but it was rental for a brief period of time. And I just decided, you know what we could, uh, we were renting the bedrooms out to my brother and a friend. Um, and you know, when you get married, your wife usually is not cool with having a roommate or two roommates. So, uh, now we live there and, um, but yeah, so it, it'll be a great, uh, live in flip eventually long term, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, um, how did you finance it? You said that you put two thousand, did she seller finance it for you? She, she, yeah, she seller financed the whole thing because she was an older lady and she didn't want to lose her monthly income. Uh, and I always like making a win-win situation. So I wanted to give her um, a decent interest rate, but really she didn't really care about the interest rate. She cared about how much I was going to pay her every month. Uh, so we negotiated that way and I just paid her, you know, her monthly payment for two years. And then at the end of the two years, she was begging me to keep, you know, keep it going. But, um, at that point, I had done so much work to it. I wanted to kind of pull some cash out of it. So uh, I refinanced and bought her out of it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was basically just uh, based on how much money she needed a month. Okay. So when you were renting from her, there were more people renting there, right? You said three people? Yeah. So she was renting by the bedroom. This is by LSU. It's a college campus here. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, I was never a college kid. Uh, I wasn't smart enough, but um, I wanted to live, you know, that college life, I guess you call it. That makes sense. So uh, I was basically living with a bunch of college kids. Um, and it was uh, definitely an interesting atmosphere for sure. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was rough, you know. So, yeah, I won't, I won't go any farther with that. Okay, but she was probably getting $750 a month for the, all the rooms, right? Uh, well, the total rent was 1000 It was actually oh, 1050 well, It was 1000 so there was four rooms. Okay. Yeah. And then when, uh, when you bought it from her, you kept paying her $1,000? Yeah. So, uh, when I bought it from her, I actually negotiated from her cause she had a mortgage on it and then she paid it off with her IRA. So, um, actually she was making $500 a month on it. So I actually negotiated her even lower than that. So I got, I was actually only paying her $500 a month to live there, to own it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I miss, I'm, I guess I'm just good at finding, uh, people's real problem. Uh, because the real problem wasn't the thousand dollars a month. Um, I just, I just really wanted to know how much she needed. Uh, and she basically just came out and told me that I guess the way I worded it, but, um, yeah, she told me, uh, I just need $500. And I said, okay, perfect. And we figured out a way for her to pay the rest of the balance off of the mortgage. And, um, she loaned the rest for 500 bucks because I, I was even shocked myself, but you know, it was a win-win for sure because she definitely, uh, I mean, we still stay in touch. She was, she sent me a Christmas card this year. And, um, so it's, it's a good thing to have a win-win, you know? Yeah, she didn't want to have that headache anymore. No, no. I never called her. And, and I remember after a couple of months passed by when I didn't call her, she goes, okay, how's it going? Like kind of checking on it. But I was like, oh, you, you know, it's good. But, you know, you're the bank now. So, I mean, it's kind of up to me. And she was just so, so thrilled that, you know, it was, it was that easy of a process for her. So how did you come up with the, the $2,000 for this? Did you save it? Uh, I just found out. It? Well, I mean, like I said, uh, she, I basically let her tell me. She was like, oh, man, I, I wish I didn't have to pay the property taxes this year. Uh, I was like, oh, well, how much are they? And she said, just $2,000. Well, I said, okay, well, if I give you $2,000 as a down payment and I pay your property taxes, are we straight? You know, are we good? 
And she said, yeah, yeah, that, that'll work. And that's, as, as casual as that, and that's why I like seller financing so much because it's personable, you know, it's, it's so casual, but uh, yeah, that, that's how it kind of worked out. Awesome. That is an amazing story. Yeah. So, and you already touched on what are you going to do with the property? You're thinking of, of uh, selling it, right? Yeah, not quite yet. Um, but eventually, yeah, we, we probably will sell it. Um, and I'm just kind of waiting for it. It's, the neighborhood has actually improved even more than it was. Uh, so we think pretty confidently that in a couple of years, it'll be around uh, 280 or so. And it's a, a tiny house. It's just the area that it's in. Um, it's near a very, very high-end area. Like we're the only street that's not million-dollar houses. So we're surrounded by a bunch of million-dollar houses. And I guess people are starting to realize that we can just tear these houses down and build more big houses on it. So that's basically what they're doing. They're, they're paying you a ridiculous amount of money just to tear the house down and build what they want on it because our lots are bigger than normal. For the lot. So they are paying yeah. for the lot, basically. Yeah, the lots are, because uh, it's an older house, uh, nowadays they kind of tend to squish the houses on top of each other. And um, so what's happening, they're, just, they're going in there and buying these older neighborhoods that have bigger lots, and they're just basically putting a huge house on it. And um, yeah, so they're paying for the lot. Awesome. And so let me back up a little bit and let's go over the numbers. So you bought it for 118, then you put uh, 20. 2000. That's 138. And then when you, you said that you refinanced two years after. Yeah. Right I, I actually, yeah, I actually paid myself $15,000. Uh, and I guess I was just trying to pay most of myself back, really. And I still had 5000 in it. Um, but there was just a specific number that I wanted to pay per month on my mortgage. So I just kind of calculated that way. And that's how much I paid myself back. Uh, that way I, I don't really have as much money in it anymore. Um, and I did a very similar situation with the fourplex that I was telling you about too. So basically just, I want my return on investment to be as close to infinite as possible. So if I have no money in something and it's just constantly cranking out money and it's paying for itself, then essentially your return on investment is infinite. Uh, on this, particular asset I'm living in it so uh, my return on investment isn't necessarily infinite but um, it's it's pretty good <laughs> so yeah. I, I turned two thousand dollars for those, people, you know, for those people that don't know what you're talking about right now can you explain you know how to do that a return on investment yeah, yeah, yeah the, so, the, the infinite return on investment yeah so uh, when I mean infinite it sounds kind of like uh, frou-frou and you know uh, like oh it's impossible but all it really is really simple it's basically um, so when you put X amount of dollars towards something and you get X amount of return, they kind of calculate your return on investment based on that way. But if you're buying an asset that has no money into it and it's kind of paying itself, then there really is no way to calculate your return on investment because there really wasn't much invested besides your time. So it's like sweat equity. So in a sense, that's how you calculate infinite return because there's just no way to really calculate it. I'm not doing anything, you know, <laughs> spectacular or like, you know, under the table, some kind of like, uh, not some guru telling you that, oh, you know, you can create money out of thin air, but essentially I kind of did, you know? Um, but like I said, it's just, um, really everything I've learned has been through podcasts and uh, blogs and kind of meeting up with people and meeting some pretty cool people. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, anybody can do what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's basically if you, let's say you buy a property for a hundred thousand and then you, um, improve it and put, let's say 10,000 and then when you go to refinance, it is worth 200000 Then, mm. you know, you can refinance and take your initial investment out and then you don't have any money left on the deal. 
Correct. Yep. That's, that's, that's all how I you did. create an infinite um, return. Yeah. You know, return of investment because then now you don't have any money on it. And that's what we did actually with my first duplex. We bought it cash. And then when we refinance, we took more money out that, than what we put in. We, mm-hmm. I think we bought it for 100 and we took out 125. So we got out more than what we put in. So now mm. it's still cash flowing and we don't have any money on it. Yeah, and that's actually what I plan on doing. And I was going to do that with this particular house. Like I said, I just there was a number because I was living in it. Um, there was a number that I wanted to pay per month and I kind of reverse calculated it that way. But uh, if I wasn't living in it, then I probably would have done the exact same thing. Um, and I do plan on doing that with this fourplex. Uh, and then there's a couple other buildings that we're working on right now. Like we're working on an eight unit that's going to be seller financed also. And that one will be just what you're saying. It'll probably, we'll probably pull out um, more, probably twice of what we put into it. Amazing. Expert tips. All right, so now we come to the, the, the part of the program where you tell me three tips and I want you to tell me three tips on seller financing, how to get a, a seller financing deal because I've tried it, it didn't work out for me, yeah. but you are killing it. So tell me your secrets. Yeah, and um, I wouldn't call myself an expert at it. I think I just uh, was at the right place at the right time, but I'd say the first one, first tip would be just to ask and basically find out what they need from them because if you leave a, a scenario where everybody is a win-win, then it's really, really beneficial. So um, the first one would be just to ask and figure out what somebody's goals are. If you kind of approach it like, hey, I'm not trying to get a price out of you, but I'm just trying to have a nice kind of you know, conversation with you. And as long as you're not pitchy about it, if you're just kind of like a sales guy, but you're just not really making it seem like you're trying to pitch a price, you're just trying to see, you know, just have a, a normal human and human conversation. Uh, and it didn't make it seem that way and they feel comfortable around you and they just, you just kind of ask them what their goals are. And if you can put an offer together that's based upon their goals, then, uh, it's, it's pretty much a no brainer for the people that I've asked. Now I'm sure that you're in the Miami area. So, uh, maybe people are a little more affluent with investing and they have different goals, but for, in my area in particular, if like, you know, if there's an older person or, um, you know, a widow or a widower or something, and they just want that monthly income, then and they get taxed heavily too. So that's, that would be my second tip is inform them if they get, if they own that property free and clear, they're going to get taxed on that sale. So if you can present it in a way that's taxed differently and maybe lower or maybe even pushing that tax to a later date, then that also is a good tip to bring up would be the taxation. And number three would just be, um, on seller financing, uh, make it to where the interest rate is going to help them in the long run. So don't try to go for 2% interest like I've heard people do, which is if you can do that, that's great. But are you really helping the person that you're buying the property from? Probably not. That's just going to be a one-time thing. And the person is going to feel taken advantage of every month. They're going to be calling you, Hey, when you're going to refinance, when you refinance. But if you give them an attractive interest rate, because most likely these people are going to take this money and put it into a CD account or some kind of, you know, account that's not going to be getting that good of a return. So if you can make it, attracted to them and kind of compare them. So what I do is I, every time I do a presentation, I do what Brandon Turner does from bigger pockets is I give them options. So I'll do like option one, two or three, or maybe even four. And so the options give them, it makes them have the power, you know, so they, they think, okay, well I'm controlling this deal. Um, and it gives them 
the power to choose and it really makes them feel like they've won, they've won. And usually in a set of financing, you're the person buying is going to win regardless, usually. So if you make the seller feel like they've won and you, you know, really have a win-win, then that's the best way to do these things. Cause I've had people even refer me, um, properties that didn't work out, but, uh, you never know one day it could, you know. Oh, wow. And, you know, referrals are powerful because, you know, you know, when you approach somebody for the first time, they are not going to trust you. But when somebody's already mm -hmm. referring you, they are more, they're going to be more willing to, to talk to you and give you all the information. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I feel like just being personable, you know, because if you remember that these people are, they're just humans, just like you are. Um, if, if you make it less pitchy, and it's because that's that's really the problem. And nowadays, these people try to go and you try to make they make it too fancy. Like they go in a suit and tie, and I'm a really really casual guy. Like I show up in flip flops, and you know I just uh, you know I'll go grab a beer with somebody or something, and it's just super casual. To they don't feel pressured into something. Sometimes now there's certain types of personalities that do like the fancy and professional about it, but that's just not my client. You know me, I just want somebody who I'm just gonna tell them straight up what it's gonna be. Um, I'm very upfront and honest with them and I'm just casual about it. So that they don't feel pressured by any way. It's almost like it's a normal conversation like me and you were having. Yeah. And you know, going back to your tip number two, um, about taxation, how do you mm -hmm. approach that? How do you explain it to them? Yeah. So, um, I could just, I usually just print out a graph of, uh, the local, we don't have counties in Louisiana. We're a little bit weird. We have parishes. So our tax is a little bit different than Florida is, but, um, so usually if they own a property free and clear here, I can just print out about how much taxes that were percentage taxes they're going to owe at closing. And I can just show them that. And then I can show them versus seller financing. It's basically just a piece of paper saying that how much their percentage of taxes they're going to owe at closing versus if they seller finance it, they can make interest on their money and you're taxed differently on passive income than you are on active income or just as a lump sum sale. So sometimes it's more attractive to them, but usually the taxes is kind of icing on the cake. The real, the real benefit from the people I've talked to is the monthly income and then actually return on their investment too. So they're not just putting a hundred thousand dollars in a bank account. They're getting installments of that a hundred thousand dollars at say a 6% interest rate, um, which is you you know, better than a C. interest rate that, than what they would get elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, like I said, most of the people that we're dealing with aren't, um, like the crazy investor savvy people who are going to get 13% return on their money. These are just normal everyday people. Um, and they're going to go, honestly, like I've even asked them, that's how I know is that they're going to oh, I'll put this money in the CD account or, or whatever. And I show them the CD rates and I compare it to, you know, their monthly on that versus what they'd be getting on this. And usually it's like, okay, that's a no brainer. I'm just going to give it to you for two years and then I'll get my money in two years. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Nathan, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us your crazy story about seller financing. Yeah. I want one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I said, I'm not uh, some genius. I, I just, uh, I think I just put myself to in the right place at the right time and just be personal with people. You know, it's just, uh, it's real estate. A, it's a, per, it's a people business. So uh, that's why I like it so much. It's just be casual and uh, you'll get lucky. <laughs> All right. So how can people find you or, uh, you know, reach out to you. So I, I just recently started a Facebook group, uh, Gulf South Landlords. And then I have, I'm on Facebook at Nathan Malazzo. And uh, you can email me at a Malazzo is M-I-L-A-Z-Z-O 171 at gmail.com. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for adding so much value to my audience. And thank, thank you for you. Uh, taking the time to talk to me. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.